Isn't that a great line, though? I love Rutledge's story, and I love at the end, though. How many of you have found yourself asking that question, though? Where did that come from? How many of you have blown up in anger? Okay. Okay. Just want to make sure this is a, a, a message today that might be helpful to all of us, because all of us deal with anger. Uh, my name's Dave Nelson, and uh, I'm pastor here at K2 The Church. So if you're visiting, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Um, and I, I know for me, the, the first story that hits me as soon as I think about anger um, is Susie and I, uh, way back when I was in Detroit, uh, got invited by a couple. There was a couple who wanted to get married, and they wanted to get married in Hawaii. And, uh, and they needed a pastor to do their marriage. So I decided to suffer for Jesus. And uh, no, so it was crazy, man. They actually invited us to come out to Hawaii and, and do their wedding for him. And so in that summer, I'm a golfer. Any golfers out there? All right, just a few of you. So I, that's not true. I'm not a golfer. I play golf. So that's a better way to put it. So, but this year, I was actually having a really good year. And I've only had two of those my whole life. And, and I was, but every, every game I was going out, my score was going down. And, and it was just a blast. And so when we went to Hawaii, I'm like, I've got to play golf in Hawaii. And so we were doing, we were going around and I was having the best round of the whole summer in Hawaii. I mean, this was awesome. I was just on cloud nine. And then we came up to this par three and it was an elevated tee. So if you're golf, and if you don't golf, you know, you've seen pictures like that. If you're on an elevated tee, that's partly why I love golf is it's just so golf courses are so beautiful. And so we're sitting up there and I, I didn't have my pitching wedge. I lost my pitching wedge. So I, I decided to go ahead and use a nine iron. I don't know if, if you guys understand that, but each club, you know, has a certain distance the ball is supposed to go. So I didn't have the right club. So I pull out my nine iron and I swing away at this elevated a tee and in the nine iron is makes the ball go farther than the pitching wedge and that's what happened so the ball went flew right over the green into the jungle thing whatever's in hawaii and lost it i'm like ah all right let's try again and so i get up and this time i'm just going to choke down a little bit and do a little easier swing so i do my easier swing and boom and plop it lands right in the lake in front of the green and I'm like, oh, this is on my best round of the summer in Hawaii, and I totally blew it. But people were behind us, so we went down to the women's tee, and we got down there, and I'm, Susie shot her shot at the women's tee, and I'm like, well, man, I'm, I'm, I still got to do this. this is the, and I had a favorite club, had this sand wedge that just worked all summer. If I ever needed a shot, it was like, this is the club, the sand wedge. Perfect distance for my sand wedge. So I get up there, I go, just one more time, Susie, I'm going I'm to go, bam, spoosh, goes right up. Plop lands right into the lake. I took my club and I just went wham and I just threw it right into the woods. Go in the woods, cranked. My whole, my favorite club completely bent. I ruined it. I destroyed it. And my wife laughed at me. She just, she's just sitting over there going, what is your deal? Can you guys feel my pain? See, so what was, what was crazy is not only did I have ruined my worst, uh, my best round in Hawaii out of my anger that just exploded. I've never thrown a club before. Same thing. Where did that come from? And then I destroyed my favorite club <laughs> and it was gone. See, guys, here's what's crazy about anger is many times the anger that we have inside of us comes out and it hits the favorite people in our lives. That's what's crazy about it is sometimes we can control it in certain situations, but all of a sudden we get around the people, our favorite people, and they're the ones who end up 
experiencing the brunt of our anger. And it's breaking relationships. It's bending them. It's twisting them. It's ruining them. And we're in a series right now at K2, and it's called Stuck Like Glue. And our little tag phrase is, how do we keep it together? How do we keep it together? Now, if you were here a couple weeks ago, one of the reasons we're doing this series is because of this verse. In fact, let me, let me read it for you. Oh, man, I forgot to write it down. Um, okay, I'll just, I'll just uh, hey, yeah, throw it here, if you don't mind. Thanks. In Ephesians chapter 4, that's the, that's the um, chapter that we've been in. Paul gives us this really, really cool admonition. It's chapter 4, starts with verse 1. He says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life. So I'm going to urge you today to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. And then he says, so, he, so we have this calling from God. And then he says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another in love. Sounds like anger, doesn't it? Just the opposite. And then listen to this. Make every effort. This is your calling today. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort to do that. A couple weeks ago, what I did is I had all of you who are married stand up and just say, listen, if you're married, you have a call from God. Jesus said it point blank. He goes, God has actually joined you together. He joins you together. So you have a calling from God. He says, I want you to be, you, I've made you one flesh, is what he said. So you have a calling from that. And then I just had all of you, I don't know if you want this back. Here you go. Thank you, Tim. And then the other calling that we have is if you're a follower of Christ here today, if you have received Jesus, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, and you, one of the things that happens is you were born, Jesus said, of his spirit. God's Holy Spirit came inside you. And the spirit of God, that's why it says make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. Because the spirit of God is all about unity. It's one of the beautiful things we can't get into about the Trinity, the, the, this Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three beings in perfect unity. So when the Spirit comes inside of you, he says, here's what, here's what I'm doing. You have a calling. I'm knitting people together. So Jesus came not just to knit us back together to God. He, the scriptures are very clear. He also came to knit us back together in a relationship. So Jesus has this amazing prayer in John 17 where his whole prayer is, oh God, for those who will believe in me, okay, for those who will believe in me, make them one. So if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ today, you have a mandate from God. You have a calling from God today. And that is to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now here's what's really cool, you guys. You know what's wild about a calling? Is when you find your calling, you find what you were created for. And what's wild is even if, if you're here today and, and, you're, and you're a guest and you're maybe checking out what Jesus was all about or could he possibly be Christ, should we follow God? One of the greatest answers to me of why we should is because every human being has this incredible longing to make relationships last. 
Our hearts break when relationships separate. That's because you have a calling from God. You were created to be in relationship that lasts. That's why God's love never fails. That's why God's love always perseveres. And here's what's so cool, is he came to give us his love through the Holy Spirit who he's poured out on us. So today, as we look at this issue of anger, anger is one of those things that all of you raise your hands who are honest, um, that you experience. And as we're going to see today, anger destroys relationships. It can't be. And as we're going to see, that's why the Bible says, get rid of all of it. If the Spirit of God is inside of us, we need to fight for the unity of the Spirit, okay? So the fact is we all deal with anger, every one of us, so let's pray right now. And I want you to, I'm just, actually, I'm going to give you about 15, 20 seconds. I want you to think about who you're angry at right now, okay? I want you to think about who you're angry with, and I want you to put that person's face in your mind, and this might seem really weird, but somehow I want you to connect with that person and I want you to stand before God in your mind's eye with that person and ask God to come today. Ask him to come today and see if he might be able to release you from this thing that seeks to destroy the unity that he died for us to have. Okay, let's pray. So God, you are humble and you are patient and you are kind and you're tender-hearted. And God, you long, you long, Jesus, your, your prayer, your desire was that human beings would experience oneness, unity, that we would stick together. Because that's just, that's just who you are. It's just who you are. So Lord, I pray for all of us uh, who are sitting here today and wherever our anger rises up, would you come and touch it? Would you shine light into it? Would you give hope that it doesn't have to stay there? And God, because today is a chance where we can truly engage with the living God, not just get information today, but to connect our heart with your heart so that you can transform us. God, I just, I really want to ask for that today. God, not just information, but transformation today. May you clearly speak to us. May we hear your voice today calling us again to this oneness in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys, so um, here's, here's where we're going today. There's good anger. We're going to talk about that. There's bad anger. We're going to talk about that. And then there's redeemed anger. Anger can actually be redeemed, and that's what we're going to look at. All right? See, here's what's interesting. Anger, in its purest form, what anger really is, 
It's love. It's love that moves toward, it's love that's in motion towards a threat of something that you dearly love. If you love something and it's being threatened, you will move. Anger will rise up within you. In fact, I would say that if you are indifferent towards something that is destroying what you love, you don't love it. If you're indifferent towards something that you love that's being threatened or destroyed, that's bright, you don't love. Okay? So here's what's interesting. Good anger has been the catalyst of many, of all, probably, the great movements of injustice in the world, when people have seen injustice and things that have been wrong, something rises up within them and they get angry. Amy King's sitting over here. She gets angry. Do you guys remember Amy? Anybody want to give up for Amy? Um, I know some of you are going, what's up? But Amy actually uh, moved out here with us to help start the church, and so she's been a part of our family for years. She's down in Austin, Texas right now. Amy, it just drives her. You can't even hang out with this woman. For, for five minutes without understanding that Amy hates the fact that there are children who are not in people's homes, that there are children in foster care, that there are children in orphanages. She, her passion is that every child should be in a home. And, and what's cool is she's angry that they're not. That's good anger. See? So if you, if you have something that, that, and you're not angry about, if you're indifferent about it, then you really you don't love So in the Old Testament, we find that the word anger is actually used almost 500 times in the Old Testament. And guess who's usually angry? Yeah, God is. And we all go, that's why we don't like the Old Testament God, right? Where's the New Testament Jesus, right? We want Old New Testament God, not Old Testament God. But here's the fact, you guys, it's not true. If you have a God, and if you you want a God who never gets angry, just want the peace God. If you want a God who never gets angry, then you want a God who doesn't love. Because if God would see the things that are destroying your soul and do nothing about it, he wouldn't be loving you. If God would look down and see the things that are destroying relationships, keeping people away from him, separating them from eternity with him, and have him go, eh, you don't want that. You actually want a God who's angry. So here's what's crazy, you guys. So, so in Ephesians chapter 4, which is where we're at, verse 26, here's the first point. I love this scripture. Be angry. There you go. How's that feel? The Bible actually tells you, be angry. Now, if you're looking at your New International Version, it says, in your anger, don't sin, right? In your anger. So I, I read that first. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That just, the Bible doesn't say don't be angry. It says in your anger. It knows you're going to get angry. But actually, in the original language, it's an imperative. And it says, be angry. I found this quote this week. It said this. He that is angry without cause sins. But he who is a- not angry when there is cause sins. For unreasonable patience is the hotbed of many vices. You know what's so crazy, you guys, is when in Exodus 34, I don't know if you guys know the full story or not, when Moses went up and got the Ten Commandments, right, and he had these two tablets, and he's coming down with God's laws and his commandments to help people know how to really live, he walks down, and in the Israelites, all the people down there, they felt Moses is up there too long, we don't know if he's coming down, so they built an idol, (laughs) 
So here's, here's Moses up there meeting with the real God. He comes down to the Israelites, and they've already built an idol. And what did Moses do? He got angry. And he took the tablets and he smashed them. And then later on in Exodus 34, he goes back up to God and God says, okay, we're cool now. Let's, let's, let's redo this. <laughs> redo. Okay. You know that parenting strategy? That's what we're trying. Redo. Okay. Let's try that again. But here's what's interesting. In that moment, when God reveals his glory in Exodus 34, 6, it says he passed in front of Moses in all of his glory. And he proclaimed this. Yahweh, Yahweh, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. It's so, that was so cool to me to know that when God wanted to reveal his glory and how awesome he was to Moses, he said, hey, Moses, I'm slow to anger. See, slow to anger is actually what's good. That's actually good. So you can have no anger, right? And that's sin. You can blow up in anger, and that's sin. Or you can be slow to anger and be like God. So there actually is good anger, and we see it in Jesus. Because even though we go, we all want Jesus. We want the happy Jesus who just loves everybody. Did you guys read the Gospels? (laughs) If if you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, you're going to see Jesus get angry. You know why he gets angry? At two things. He gets angry when the father is maligned. If there's anything that is disgracing the father, Jesus gets really angry. You know when else he gets angry? He gets really angry when other people are untreated fairly, or are are treated unfairly, when they're mistreated. Jesus was angry when God the father was maligned, and he was angry when other people were mistreated. Here's what you'll never see. Jesus being angry because he was treated unfairly. And right there, you finally know what righteous anger is. If something is happening to God and it's not right, you should be angry. If people are treated unfairly, if there's injustice in the world, you should be angry. But when Jesus was treated unfairly, which he incredibly was, he didn't come back. So that is good anger. Now here's the deal. But even good anger, even anger that starts off right, and it can be right, can get really ugly. All right? So let's talk about some bad anger. How does anger that even can be good turn bad? So Ephesians 4.26 says this. Be angry, but do not sin. Be angry but do not sin. See, here's what's interesting. So God's anger is always motivated by his love for the other person. When he's angry, even if he's angry at us, he's he's angry as a parent who hates the fact that there's disbehavior in our lives that's either destroying us or destroying other people. And his anger is always motivated by his commitment to what is right and to what is good for all. And God's anger, and this is what I love about his anger, it is always to bring us back to him. Always. So even, I I remember, like for you guys, seriously, I remember reading the Old Testament too, and I'd read the Old Testament, I'm like, God, I didn't even want to read it. I'm like, let's just put those prophets on another book, man. This is just, God scared me. Until you dig down deeper and you realize, no, 
He was compassionate. He was incredibly slow to anger. He tried over and over and over again to get his people to come back to him. That's why he was angry as they were going away from him. And the farther you go away from God, the more destructive your life gets. So now he's starting to get angry. And so then eventually, yes, he goes, okay, I've had enough of you selling your kids off to be sacrificed to idols, you know? That's not good. So I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to send you into exile. I'm going to send you into slavery. You know why he sent him into slavery? You'd look at God and go, can't believe God doesn't love me. Look what he did to me. You know why he sent him into slavery? So they would come back to him. And they did. So God's anger is always to try to bring back relationship. Okay? Now let's talk about our anger. Okay? Our anger is mostly motivated out of concern not for the other person, but for ourselves. That's, what, that's when anger gets bad. And our anger is mostly motivated out of our commitment to make the other person pay for the pain that we've received. See, if somebody's hurt you, and this is why this is a very tough topic, okay? Because when we talk about anger, we have to talk about pain. Anger is always connected to some sort of pain. So, our deal, though, is this. If you've hurt me, there's something inside of us that goes, now you owe me. It feels like like you've stolen something from me. You've stolen my happiness. You stole my dream. When you were a kid, you stole my security. You, You left me. See, all this stuff that really is legitimate stuff that can hurts. And so now we've got this thing inside of us, and we'll get to this in just a minute. But our anger is mostly out of our own concern and our sense that you hurt me and now you owe me. And you need to pay me back. Okay? And almost always, you guys, what does our anger do? Is it, when we have that type of anger, does that do this? Does that bring relationship together? No. Listen, okay, own this for me. Own your anger. Man, I tell you, I can't, well, I'll share some here in a little bit. This is, when, this is when I love my job because I have to sit with this for, you know, 10 days and God has so spoken to me. Own your anger right now because if you've got it, it's doing this. It's separating you from the people probably that you actually even love. All right? So, now how does anger go bad? This scripture gives us two ways that it goes bad. Here's the first one. Anger can go bad when it's unresolved. Okay? And and you've you've probably heard this classic phrase, whether you've been in church or not. It says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. How many of you have heard that? Right? Say, how many of you as a married couple stayed up really, really late because of this verse? We can't go to bed until we take care of our anger, right? I mean, some people have really tried that. It's like, man, we got to do this thing. We got to take care of this issue. So here's what this phrase, I think, really means. It says, be angry, right? But don't carry your anger any longer than necessary. Be angry, but don't carry your anger into the future. Here's what happens is when we get angry, anger's going to come in your anger. You're going to have it. But if you take it and if you hold on to it, That's when it gets twisted, that's when it grows, and that's when it gets distorted. And now all of a sudden our anger 
is actually controlling us. And you guys, here's what's really interesting about anger. Is anger is a heart issue. It's a heart issue. Jesus talks a lot about this, right? He talks about a fruit-bearing tree. He goes, man, if, you, if you're looking for a tree, uh, uh, you, if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, there's an apple tree over there. Oh, cool. And you go over and you look and it's like, no, that's an orange. Somebody can say, no, that's an apple tree. No, no, that's an orange. Because whatever type of tree it is, it produces that type of fruit. And so he says, if you've got anger, if that's the fruit that comes from your life, he says, it's actually not anything external that's causing that. It's because you've actually got anger in your heart. If you have anger in your heart, then the circumstances or the people, what they do is they're the ones who just bring it out of you. And so what we, I mean, how many of you have said this? You make me so angry, right? See, the truth is, no, they don't. You're angry. And they just brought it out of you. And here's how you can know that's true, is you can have the same thing, the exact same thing happen to two different people. And one person will take whatever, you know, injustice that happened, and they'll be able to go, hey, all right, cool. And then you'll have somebody else go, you'll just explode inside. So right there can tell you, it's not the external stimulus that's making you angry. You're angry. And so, especially if you have anger that's unresolved, if you've had something happen and you've let the sun set on it, you've carried it. And here's the crazy thing, you guys. The The longer you carry it, the what? The heavier it comes. And now you've got this thing that's just eating you up. And so when, when we blow, it, it blow up in anger, so that's, and that's not good. And some of us, have, I love Rutledge again. So, I don't know, he, it was fun to listen to him because he talked to him. He's like, I don't know where that came from because that should have been like a three, you know, on the scale of anger. That should have been like a three. And I went to an eight, right? And how, how many of you have ever done that? Where it's like, whew, it's like, whoa, 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 why am I, I should be down here. Why is that not happening? You guys, it's because there's level one anger, and level one anger, you guys, is just the, the stuff that disrupts our day, <laughs> you know, the, the things that bug us every day. But then there's level two anger. And level two anger is when you have deep hurts. You have been mistreated. You've been rejected. You've been abandoned. You've experienced some sort of injustice. And when you've had that happen to you and you've carried it, you know what happens to level one anger? (laughs) It happens all the time. And it's because there's something deeper that you haven't let go of. It's unresolved. Now, here's what's interesting is sometimes I think it can be like a 24-hour thing. Okay, so it's, it's, it's something that, man, just, you know, this is marriage, right? This happens all the time. This is parenting, okay? But it can be any type of relationship. And let's say they just do something that bugs you, but you let the sun go down on it. You don't, you don't talk about it. You don't deal with it. And then it happens again, and then it happens again, and then it happens again. And now, all of a sudden, there's lots of little 24-hour things that have built up. And now, what do you got inside of you? See, now you've built up this anger, and then something completely different happens in your relationship, and you explode. And you're like, where did that come from? It's because you let the sun go down over and over and over and over and over again. 
on things that maybe felt like they were little. And the scripture just says, man, you can't do that. But, but as I was studying, one guy just had this great, fr- I, th- I think it was really good insight. Sometimes there are things that happen that can't be taken care of in 24 hours, right? Sometimes there's some big stuff that goes on. And he said, in that, the sun goes down. It can go down on a season of anger. So this is when you've been betrayed, when you've been let down, when injustice has happened to you. And you, that season is over and you've never dealt with it. And, and that can happen as an adult, but my goodness, you guys, and this is, we all just know this. This is where there's lots of stuff that took place, even in our childhoods, that we've actually never dealt with. And so if your dad left you, if you were abused verbally or physically or sexually, if you were just treated horribly at school and were never, I don't know what the issue is, but if that stuff happened to you and nobody actually helped you through it, the sun went down on the season and now you carry that into the next season. And then you know what happens? You carry it into the next season and then you get married and here's what's crazy is you're angry. And who's getting the brunt of it? The person you love. And you wish you weren't and you wish you would stop. And, you, and, and, and what's crazy is you've come, finally, I think sometimes you realize or, or the person who's getting all the brunt of your anger will realize it's like, wait a second, I didn't even do what's going on. And it's because there's anger that's been unresolved. And now here's the deal. That's a huge issue. And I just want to encourage you, there's no question to me that God wants to redeem our hearts. He wants to heal our hearts. He wants to go in and take care of the wounds that have been inflicted and give us new hope and new light and new love. Okay? So if you have unresolved anger, the biggest thing I can tell you, man, is you've got to bring that up because that's your root. You might think it's the person that you're with. It might actually be something completely different. And what's crazy is what, um, I'll go ahead. Here, here's the second one. We've got un, unresolved anger. Makes it bad. Here's the second thing. Is we have unchecked anger. You can have unchecked anger. This was the one that hit me this week. Um, Susie and I were talking about this when I was throwing this by her this week. What's interesting about the word unchecked is it actually has two definitions. The first definition means when it's not controlled. If you're not checking your anger, then you can blow up in anger, okay? And, and so one of the things you got to just check is are you doing that? And here's what's crazy is lots of times people who are really angry don't think they're angry. <laughs> and so one of the, here's an application point for you. Every one of us, Go to some people that you're actually close to and just ask them, am I angry? Does that happen? And let them speak into your life and help you to find out if you are, okay? But unchecked can also mean unexamined. It means I'm not checking it. I'm not checking it. It's happening and I'm not really examining it. And so you're being angry and you're, and you're doing nothing about it, Okay? Now, if, and, and so, and I don't know if that's you, this was me, oh, okay. So, I, the anger that comes up in me as a dad has just been really frustrating. 
And one of the things I think I finally realized, no, I didn't know, I didn't think, I realize now, after sitting with this, is that I was letting the anger keep happening. And I wasn't checking it. Do you guys, you know what's going to happen to your relationships if you don't check your anger? You know what's going to happen? Here's what's going to happen. Here's what the Bible says. Unchecked anger. Do not give the devil an opportunity. If you hold on to anger, this is, so, this is probably the most important thing you can hear today. It scares the crap out of me. If I hold on to anger and if I continue in anger, the devil gets an opportunity. You know what? The, the word literally means space. You give the devil space. So you know what happens? If you hold anger in your heart, you open up the door and you just say, come on in. That's what we do. We say, come on in. And you know what the devil does? Man, if he gets inside your heart, if you give him space, if you give him opportunity, the NIV that most of us read, it says a foothold. He says, you give him a foothold. It means you give him, oh man, I'm in now. And see, if he gets in, what does he want to do to your marriage? He wants to destroy it. He hates anything that's beautiful, anything that's right, anything that's lovely, anything that God does. He hates it. And so if there's anger, and it, can't, it might not even be towards your spouse, but if you are angry towards something else, it's your spouse or somebody else is probably getting the brunt of it, and you're giving him a chance. Now here's the other thing. is uh, if um, Sorry. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, the church. Sorry. <laughs> so not only marriage, but the same thing with the church, you guys. God, the, the, God has said, if you guys, and right here at K2, if you would love each other, if you would be unified together, then the world's going to know. The world is going to know. Jesus is going to show his beauty. And so what happens if we give the devil space into our hearts? He wants to destroy every church. He does. He doesn't like churches sticking together. And so we've got to own this one. This is huge. Now, here's what's crazy, guys. Here's what the devil does, too. You know what he does? See, anger is explosive, right? And it disintegrates things. And here's what's crazy in reading this, studying this week, is anger, the, one of the first things it disintegrates is, is what, guess what? It disintegrates you, physically. It actually is more dangerous for your body than fear or anxiety or stress and all those things, we know. It, it causes more issues for your heart than all the other emotions. It is that intense. So it disintegrates your body. Here's the other thing, is it disintegrates your wisdom, <laughs> right? I mean, when you're angry, how many of you guys, after you've done, been really angry and you've totally blown up and you've done stuff and then you finally, you cool down and you look back at that and you go, oh my God, what a fool. How many of you have done that? <laughs> You just go, like, like Rutledge. He goes, what? Where, where did that come from? We always look back and go, what? That was so foolish. You know why we say that? Because we were being a fool. <laughs> That's the point. Anger destroys your wisdom. It rises up and it drives you to do things that you don't even want to do. And then no question, the devil, as I've already said, he wants to destroy our community. So we've got to check it. You guys, and here's what, here's what hit, hit me. 
Sometimes it is because when you, why am I angry? And some of you today, you need to go back to some things that are unresolved. I, I, two that hit me though. One is the other reason I get angry, it's because of just the stress of life. I'm telling you, man, my fuse, when the weight of work, right, or not getting enough sleep, or all these things, my fuse just goes, and then something that can be so small makes me blow up. And it's not even them. It's just the stress of life. But here's the bigger one, and this is why I think the devil gets a foothold, is many times, if you're going to check your heart, why am I so angry? As one guy put it, he goes, I think you're going to find that there's disordered love in your heart. There's disordered love in your heart. See, because what is anger? Anger is love in motion towards a threat to the thing that you love. So here's what I was thinking of that. When you are most, so what he says is, when you are most angry, here's the question you got to ask yourself. What are you defending right now? If you're angry, what, uh, what's the threat? What's threatened? And what are you defending? And what's interesting, you guys, is this is where I think good love <clears throat> gets really thwarted, is I realize that most of the time I'm getting angry it's because it's something that I want that's getting thwarted. Many times the reason I'm getting angry is because of my own pride or my own ego, my own desires, my own will, and my own comfort and my own pleasure. And I just, I, I bet you, if you take time this week and go, why am I so angry? What is threatened? I guarantee you that most of the time you're going to be able to look at that and go, when this person did this, it belittled me. My ego got hurt. My pride got hurt. And all of a sudden you find out what you love. Because when you love something and it's threatened, you'll get angry. And I'm realizing I'll be sitting in meetings at work, right? I can just be sitting in here and all of a sudden I'll throw out an idea and everybody else is like, and you know, you just, all of a sudden you're just like, you, you, I got to defend my position, right? Why? Because I love my idea. Well, why do I love my idea? Because I'm the lead pastor and I'm important, right? I mean, it's just, you have this goofy thing where what you are matters. And next thing you know, you're all angry. And if you go home, you're like, that's all about me. When I go home, right? And all of a sudden my kids are screaming and they're yelling and they're fighting with each other. And I'm angry. Why? Because, and this is what, I, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> this week it's been so good because I realized, you know what my line has been for so long? I'll take my kids and go, you're robbing the happiness out of this home. <laughs> That's my threat. <laughs> you're robbing the happiness out of this home. You know, whose happiness? Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Mine. And, and next thing you know, if something robs you of your comfort or your ease or your pleasure, you'll find out what you love. See, and, and, and so man, you guys, we got to be really careful. Check it. And this has been the biggest one for me. Is in a, in, in a, we just got to do something about it. So what do we do? How do we redeem it? Here we go. 
We need some redeemed anger here. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 says this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Get rid of it. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You know, it's so crazy. In the, in the Greek, the first word uh, in the Greek, whatever the first word is, is the emphasis for the sentence. And the first word in this sentence is all. All of it. And then what it says is get rid of it. You know, so here's what's crazy, you guys. Why don't we get rid of our anger? Why do we hold on to it? Isn't that the craziest thing? I mean, seriously, if you go to a doctor and the doctor says, you've got cancer, what do you do? I'm just going to buckle down. Just going to hold on to that. No, no, if you get cancer, you're going to do everything you possibly can, right, to get rid of it. And yet, when we have anger, it's destroying your heart, it's destroying your body, it's destroying your relationships, and yet what do we do as humans? Hold on to it. See, this is where the devil, good, man. He's like, dude, if you give that up, you're going to let that person off. If you give that up, you can't do that because then they're going to come around. You'll get totally screwed if you do that. See, it's just, it's just the opposite, right? But he gets us to do that. We don't actually want to get rid of it. You guys, this is where, again, can I tell you, if you're a follower of Christ, you have been called by God who saved you to fight, make every effort for unity. Make every effort to be at peace with everyone. And we just got to do it. We've got to get rid of it. So how do we do that? The first one, you guys, is you got to admit it. And this is the one for, for me. I've allowed this anger towards my kids when they frustrate me to just keep going on. <laughs> And this is the craziest thing. You guys, you just, you can't do that. The, the, one of the first things you got to do today is admit that you're angry. I don't know why we like to deny it or we like to justify it, right? Because I've got lots of justification. <laughs> lots for my anger. And see, if you can justify it, then you think it's okay to have it. See, I see that? What a twisted work of the enemy. That person hurt you. Your kids bugged you. They did whatever. You're justified in having that. Great, well, I'm going to hold right on it. I'm just going to kill myself right here. You will eventually. You'll destroy everything. So you've got to admit that you have it. And I just want to tell you, here's an assignment for you today. You've got to write down who you're angry with. Admit it and be honest. Write down who they are. Okay? And here's the tougher one. It's going to have to take some time. It's a beautiful day. Go do it outside. Write down what you're defending. Write down what you're defending. Write down what feels threatened. Because that's why we get angry. And how it'll help you admit what it is. The second one is this. You guys, after you've admitted it, you've got to confess it. And, and you've got to get it out into the light. And, and this is what I've been trying to say in these, in these weeks here, and I'm trying to learn myself, really trying to learn myself is one of the first things you got to do, if you're a follower of Christ too, especially, what you need to do is this. you got to confess, the Spirit of God lives in me, and He's slow to anger, and I'm blowing up in anger. 
that's not good. <laughs> it's not right. I'm holding on to anger. God doesn't do that. So you got to, you, first thing you got to do is you just got to come to a point where you can just admit, believe, really believe. That's why I keep saying, quit trying and start trusting. Quit trying. Because how many of you don't need, just go ahead and everybody raise your hand first before I ask the question. You know, how many of you have tried to not be angry? <laughs> See, we've got to stop trying, and we've got to start trusting. We've got to stop trying. We've got to start believing. You have to believe, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit's inside of you, so it's just not acceptable. And then you get it out. And then you've got to believe that you have a calling to be one. And then you've got to believe, and this is the best one, that you can come to God unlike him. That's how I've been, that's, that's a new phrase. You got to come to God unlike him. And so instead of going, hey God, I'm not really angry, you know, I'm doing better. No, I'm angry, God. And you just get it out and be honest with him and let his grace touch your anger. Don't try to be something that you're not. Be completely honest with him and let it come down. And then ask you guys, just ask for the Holy Spirit. Again, in Luke 11, Jesus said, man, if you ask, the Father will give you. And I don't know about you, I need him. I, I need him. I, I'm never going to be the gentle, slow to anger person I want to be unless God transforms my heart. I need him. Now here, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor even. I, I actually have confessed this a lot <laughs> and it wasn't changing anything. You guys ever do that? Yeah, anyway, I'm confessing this. How come it's not changing? See, Jesus says you got to Repent. <laughs> It's a funky spiritual word, but here's what repent means. Repent means you're living like this, and repent means you do a 180 and you start doing this. And this is what God shared with me in the last few weeks. Nelson, like this is when you're glad that God gets angry. I know that God is actually angry when I blow up in anger towards my kids. And I think he should be. Because I'm demonstrating God's love to them. And I'm doing a crappy job. And I feel like finally, these last three weeks, he looked at me and said, no more. No more. This has got to stop. It is absolutely unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And somehow, again, in my justification, it was acceptable. Even though I knew it wasn't, I'm confessing it, I wasn't just changing. Now, I'm serious. In the last two weeks, I haven't become Jesus, (laughs) okay? But I'm realizing it's not acceptable. And some of you need to come to a point where you actually don't just confess it. You repent and you say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. And you guys, so next week, and, here's, and, and as the verse said um, uh, in, in Ephesians, if we can put that back up there real quick, get rid of all your anger and rage and bitterness and slander. You know, what's interesting, the harsh words, there you go, baby. Get rid of them, all of them. Instead, do what? Be kind, tenderhearted, and forgive one another. Now, I just want to let you know, next week, that last one, that, the whole message next week is just going to be on forgiveness. How do I forgive the people who've hurt me? That's huge. So we're going to take all Sunday next week and just deal with that one. Let me just close with this. The, applica- the other application, this is so interesting, is instead of being full of rage and anger, what's he say to do? Be tenderhearted. Be kind. And this is what's crazy. So look at this passage, Romans chapter 12. It says, Never pay back evil 
with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable. Do all that you can, do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge and I will pay them back, says the Lord, instead. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Doesn't that sound fun? Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Some of you have let evil conquer you. And I just want to tell you, God is in the business of redeeming what was broken and what's lost and what's hurt and making it good and right again. And all the scriptures are saying, you guys, is this, is that you can withdraw and do no anger. If, you, if you're hurt and you withdraw, you know what you do? Relationships fall apart. You will lose relationship if you withdraw. You can do the other thing and come back harsh word for harsh word and do this, right? See, and then what happens? You, you ruin relationship. Or you can come gently in truth, always with truth, but gently actually even absorb the anger and not move. Instead, respond back with kindness and gentleness. And by heaping coals on the head, it's a very interesting, confusing, actually, passage. There's a couple explanations. Some people believe that you could wrap coals in a turban-like thing and stick it on their head as a healing thing, that it would actually pull sickness out. So they're saying, one possibility would say, when you give kindness when someone has hurt you, it actually can be healing to them and pull out the junk inside of them. I think that's true. The other possibility is this idea, as that verse says, is shame. Is you put it on and it actually can help people see. It's like, wow, look at how I'm being treated the way I'm treating them. I'm treating them horribly and they're treating me great. It actually brings out the junk and helps them to change. So there you go, guys. Admit it, confess it, and then repent and do the exact opposite. And God says, you'll start to heal and your relationships will start to heal. All right? So, um, Let's pray, and then we'll close with our worship for today. God, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for caring about our relationships. Thank you for desiring us in this room right here to be free from our anger. And I just pray, Lord, that you would come even as we worship you now and fill our hearts with your presence of this love that you have for us. Just give it to us. May your spirit come and empower us May we engage with you, not just sing songs, but really engage our hearts, be honest with you, and remember how much you love us, where you don't give us what we deserve. And we're so grateful for that. We pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen.